You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Anything that takes first place in our hearts um, is an idol. And there's a, there's a quote that says, if the enemy can't destroy us, he'll distract us. And he will distract us by anything that is attractive to us. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is once again, Tim and Dez with you all around Australia. We appreciate you tuning in and are so thrilled to have you back as we continue into uh, 2023, of course, uh, a brand new year. Des, are you well this week, my friend? How's things been for you this last week? Yes, absolutely. I'm well and uh, and uh, enjoying what we do. You know, we're so blessed to be able to do it. And I say this every week, but I shouldn't mean it every week. It's fantastic <laughs> to get to do what we do. And, you know, we just love the fact that there's men all around Australia and overseas who listen to our podcast and hopefully uh, get, get some blessing from it. And that's, that's the aim of the exercise, of course. Yeah. The the whole the the tagline for momentum is helping men succeed in life, and, the, and that's our heart. You know, yeah. Des and I have a whole bunch of backstory that uh, we've learned some things, but most importantly, we want to talk to some guys on the show this year that will help us all do life that little bit better and succeed in life. And, and one of the key ways that we can do that as men is get connected, and we talk about that all the time. Um, so I just want to encourage you uh, check out the website momentumaustralia.org. You can even connect with us at Momentum. We love that. We love to hear your feedback, whether it's about the show whether you need some help, whether it's that you need to find a local connect group or men's group or someone that you can talk to or whatever, we can try and do that for you. Uh, we we want to be a bit of a melting pot to go, hey, we don't have all the answers, but we can try and help connect you with some people that we know who we talk to all around the nation each week. That's exactly what we do. And so over the last uh, last week, we talked about um, five keys to starting the year well and we talked about what those five keys are which is one the backstory and identity and idols calling and legacy and we dealt with the two first ones last week and we talked about the backstory and that is all about what are the things that have influenced our world and we may not even be aware of them but things that make us who we are today Mm. and if we don't deal with a lot of those things they will continue to impact negatively yeah. Uh, in in our world. And so we had a great discussion about that and how we can resolve a lot of those issues. And as Tim said, you know, getting alongside somebody and talking through your backstory and talking about the things that you're concerned about in your world, hey, it's great to be able to do that. It's fantastic. Mm. And then we went on to talk about identity. And we talked about, you know, who do we really think we are? What is our identity based on? Is it based on you know, things that are around us that can change, like our wives or our kids or our job. And that was where I was. Uh, your house, you, know, you always want a bigger car, mm. you, know, you want more money in the bank, etc. Um, or is it based on something a lot more solid, like a faith foundation? Mm. So yeah, that was the last week. It's been really good. Yeah. I mean, even just listening to that again, Des, as you skim back over the backstory and identity, I mean, there is so much in there. Yeah. And we do want to encourage you to take some time to, to really sit in those spaces because an awareness is key for all of us, Des, let's be honest. We, we can act in ignorance. Yeah. And, you know, for, for me, and I shared this last week, uh, the first 38 years of my life, um, the past was not the past. The past was still very present mm. and affecting my, my, my present and therefore my future. And can I say, with all respect to men listening too, who you are as a person and as a dad will affect your kids. Yes. So it does have a generational effect. And that's why we, this is so important to go, Hey, 
until we deal with this stuff and until we can get solid in in a healthy way yeah. and we become healthy men, we are then passing on potential dysfunction yes. to our kids and the next generation, which is why as men, we have to do the work. It's good for us to do the work. And that will require us stepping up and having some tough conversations with ourselves, yeah. and then some honest conversations with others. So Des, you talked about identity and we did, we, we left the conversation last last week by saying, what are you reading? What are you listening? What are you watching? What are you ingesting that could be forming part of your identity? And that leads us to number three, because idols is what we're talking about. Now, these yeah. are things that uh, are in our lives that perhaps have our attention or our heart more than we would like. Mm. And I I started by saying the the watching piece, what are you watching? Because let's be honest, pornography is a huge, huge issue for many, many men all around Australia. And it's not just talking about men who aren't Christians. Pornography affects Christian guys. It is in the church. And back in 2010, I know it's a few years ago, but the researchers at University of Sydney conducted a study and investigated the porn viewing habits of average Australians. Now, these are non-Christians, right? So it found that 70% of Australian men and 30% of Australian women regularly viewed porn. Yes. 70% of Australian men, 30% of Australian men regularly viewed porn. Now, in 2020, so this was only a few years ago, another study in Australia, church study, <laughs> preface this by saying a church study, found that 57% of pastors, that's over half, obviously, 64% of youth pastors admitted to struggling with porn or uh, still struggle with porn currently. So not just past, but currently. It's absolutely tragic. I mean, we, we know. We know it's everywhere. And it's pervasive, whether it be you're walking down the street, you know, it's there. If you, you know, go to a cafe, it's there. Mm. You're watching TV, it's there. You, know, you don't even need to go and look at pornographic movies to have pornography in your world. It's it is so pervasive. Yeah, and you know, and and truth that really does impact your relationship with your wife. It impacts intimacy with your wife. It affects your relationship with your kids. Mm. And and it's it's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one thing it does, particularly as Christian men, it affects our relationship with the Lord. And I'm going to bring Isaiah 59 in here because when I read this. Um, this was uh, not necessarily a conviction for me, but an, a, an a wake up to go, wow, I, I see that. I get that. Yeah. Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities, yeah. in other words, your sin has separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that, you, that he will not hear. Wow. So if we're actively engaging in things that he's not pleased with, He's going to go, you know what? I'm pure and holy. I cannot be entertaining or engaging with things that aren't. And the truth is we've all fallen short, right? That's true, which is why the blood of Jesus exists. But unless we actually come and repent and start the journey back of forgiveness and healing and wholeness, that journey back to the Lord, to some degree we're separated from him. And as Des said as well, of course, when you're lusting after other women on a screen or a page, that aren't your wife, of course it's going to affect your intimacy with your wife. It not only changes the intimacy with your wife, but it changes the way your brain works. Right. Um, they have proven that the sort of neural pathways through your brain, you know, that affect relationships and affect loving people and so forth, is greatly impacted in a negative way by pornography. I mean, that means your brain is realigning. Yeah. Uh, alongside pornography as opposed to what is true and what is 
valued in your world. So, guys, l- let's get on. We're not con- we're not condemning anybody here, right? No. We're, we're, this is not we're putting you down. We we all as guys we're we're wired visually. We're all wired that way. So mm-hmm. we're all going to have the potential to struggle with this stuff, and all of us do to some degree, right? And you just need to walk out of your front door, and there's temptation to lust everywhere. Mm. The over-sexualized society, the clothing that's around these days or not, as the case may be, <laughs> uh, yes. you, you know, I mean, it's out there. So, so what do we do? What do we do? The, the, the first thing is use self-control and, uh, Des, you, you and I both know Dr. Alan Meyer and yeah. the Valiant Man course. Yeah. One of the things he talked about, and guys, if you haven't checked out the course, I encourage you to check out the course, Dr. Uh, Alan Meyer, Valiant Man. But one of the things he talks about is bouncing the eyes. Yes. So, we, we are not necessarily responsible for the first look because occasionally people will just cross our path or they'll come into our view or whatever, but we are responsible for the second and then what we do with that. Yes, that's good way of putting it. The bouncing of the eyes is, oh, suddenly something's coming to my view or my vision. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to continue to fix my gaze on that or do I bounce my eyes and go, oh, okay, I see that, but I'm not gaze- I'm, I'm looking somewhere else. I, I look somewhere else quickly so that my mind doesn't then get entertained about a thought that could potentially take me down the wrong path. So, Tim, um, we've talked a lot about pornography, uh, and it's absolutely a, a terrible, terrible curse on men in particular. What mm. other idols could we <laughs> have in our lives? Well, it's funny. It's you know, there's there's things there's that we look at and go, oh, I wouldn't have thought that that would be an idol. And I suppose the definition of an idol is, if you want to use it in biblical terms, anything that takes precedence in your heart above the Lord. Yeah. Right. Now, so therefore, um, look, I, I'll be really honest. Um, back in 2016, I was called from Perth to Brisbane and my daughter was 16 years old. And I remember saying to the Lord, but Lord, I, I, I don't want to leave my daughter. And as a parent of a 16-year-old daughter, I mean, that's a valid thing to say. Right. But I remember being in the kitchen as clear as day, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Don't elevate your daughter above your calling. Wow. Now, that's pretty harsh, and some people would might struggle with that, but that's what I felt I heard, and it's true. So it's a funny thing to think that our kids could become idols, mm-hmm. but it's true. I mean, we can mm-hmm. love our kids unconditionally, and that's right. But if they take first place over the Lord, and I'm just reminded, of course, the Bible story with Abraham. Yeah. Um, you know, the Lord had to test him. So that that's one thing. Alcohol, drugs, food, you know, my wife, my kids, my, my work. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys, uh, our work becomes super, super important to us. Uh, the way that I look, the gym, uh, do I spend way too much time on my phone? Do I zone out on Netflix? And again, yeah. none of this is bad. In itself. But it's moderation, right? And it's it's what place does that have in my life? Yeah. And can I give it up? Because if I can't give it up or I wrestle with the letting go, then there's a chance that it's become too close and too familiar and too close to my heart that it might become an idol. And it's not extreme either. So, for example, you know, as a Christian man, you, you, you go to worship God at church. And so, you know, if your family say, well, let's, you know, not go to church today, let's go to the beach, you know, Mm. well, what does that mean? You know, how does that look? For you. It means you go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever it is, right? <laughs> no, I, and look, I, I, I joke with that, but but what I'm saying is um, if it's a one-off, 
and here's not to get religious and, no, and no. legalistic about no. it, right? But if you guys just are tired, the kids have had a crappy night's sleep or whatever, and you're like, we just don't feel like we want to go to church today and the beach sounds like a really good day. A one-off, like, that's fine. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I, if you do that consistently instead of being at church, there's a problem, right? Yeah, but got another think, idol. Yeah, it, that, That's it, right? But it, it's anything that, uh, I suppose if you want to blanket statement it, the way that I would describe it, anything that takes first place in your heart's become an idol. Anything you can't lay down and surrender yeah. has become an idol. That's a good way of putting it. It's good. Right. So, again, I mean, it's looking at these things in our life days because let's be honest, for, for a lot of us, food. Yeah. A lot of us put way too much emphasis on food. For me, it's been sugar over the years. Yeah. I struggle with letting go of sugar. Now, whether that's an idol or not, or whether I'm just using it as a coping mechanism, either way, it's 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 be, it's been a bit of a problem in my life. Can yeah. I give it up? I've tried giving it up. It's still still in my diet. That's a problem for me. <laughs> yeah. Something I need to look at. I mean, I'm being honest. No, no, no. Right? It's absolutely right. Yeah, I think and I think it's a good description. Anything that takes first place in our hearts um, is an idol. And there's a there's a quote that says, "If the enemy can't destroy us, he'll distract us, and he yes. will distract us by anything that is, you know, attractive to us." Right. I just make one proviso there. Gelato yeah. ice cream is not included. <laughs> <laughs> we may need to have that conversation off there. But uh, look, the, the Bible does talk about the enemy masquerading. Yes. Uh, and and uh, we, we know as well also that uh, anything that the Lord has made, generally the enemy will counterfeit it. So it looks good, but it's not. Mm. And, um, and, you know, pornography is the same thing. It, it's, it's the twisting of... Uh, the Lord created sex between a husband and a wife, mm. and it was meant to be a good thing. It's a pleasurable thing. It produces offspring. There's nothing bad that comes out of that, right? Um, but the enemy has turned and twisted that and yeah. perverted it to something like pornography. So, it, it you know, yeah, we, we just got to be careful with the stuff that we're looking at. What are, you know, and these things that perhaps we we go to, and a lot of us, let's be honest, right? And this is real rubber hitting the road stuff. For me, sugar was a coping mechanism when I was a kid. Yeah. Right. So I've talked about my mom's rejection that started from day dot for me. So when I was a kid, the one thing I used to look forward to was every Sunday night, we used to have a plethora of little fancy cakes and things. And my brother and I, once a week, were allowed fish and chips on a Friday night with a can of Coke. Wow. Overindulgence. That was my treat for the week. But I would literally on a Sunday, when those little fancy French fancy things came out and these little cakes, I would gorge myself until my parents told me to stop. Because wow. there was something about that that was so appealing and, and comforting to me to have yeah. sugar. It made me feel good. And obviously the bigger picture was there was a deeper problem involved in that. Yeah. Right. So that's for me. And that's what I'm looking at. When you look at what alcohol, well, can you, uh, can you have a drink? Or does it always end up being in excess? Yes, that's right. Are you having it every night? Or are you laying it, is it just a Saturday night as a treat? You know, what, what's your food intake like? You know, what, what is my relationship with my wife and kids? Uh, is it healthy or do I dote on them a little too much? You know, which sounds a strange thing to say, but it's true. Uh, am I over obsessed with the way that I look or is it a healthy balance? You know, do I do I spend hours on a weekend just sitting in front of the TV, zoning out to Netflix or Stan or whatever else it may be? Um, do I spend way too much time on social media or my phone in general? Like, again, it's finding the balance in these. And if you find yourself and you get honest and you go, 
to be honest, yeah, I probably drink a little too much. Actually, I could probably knock back my social media use on my phone because I realized that if I'm honest, I spend too much time in these things. Okay, well then, you know, if it, if you think it's become a problem, then let's look at reining that back. Yeah, yeah, and and an easy way to do that, of course, and we re- re-emphasize it again, is to get alongside somebody who will be open and honest with you, and can help steer you through those issues. Yeah. Uh, hold you accountable is a very important thing and a positive thing in your life. You know, people think that being held accountable is negative, but it's not. It's actually really positive yeah. and helps us to do things right in our lives. So it's good. Yeah. Also, look, we just want to say as we as we take a short break, the Momentum Care Line is there for moments just like this too. If you don't feel like you've got somebody in your life that you can talk about some of this stuff with, particularly if it's of a sensitive nature, 1-800-000-MEN, that's one 800 636 is the number for the care line. You can have a confidential chat with someone right now. Um, and it might be about some of this stuff. It might be something in the backstory. It might be something else, but I encourage you to do that and get connected. Also, as we do take a short break, momentumaustralia.org, the website, encourage you to have a look around that. We are talking about five keys to starting the year well. Last week, we talked about the backstory identity. We've looked at idols today. We're gonna come back in just a moment and look at this bigger picture of calling. Not only who am I, but What am I here for? What am I meant to be doing with my life? That's on the other side of this break. This is Momentum all around Australia. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back real soon. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. All right, well, thanks for hanging around and tuning back in. This is Momentum all around Australia, the website MomentumAustralia.org. Love you to check us out there. And of course, the Momentum Line, which we talked about at the end of uh, the first part of the show, one 800 If you ever need a confidential conversation, you can have one on the care line, one 800 Des, we're looking at five things to starting the year well. We've done three out of the five so far. That's right. Um, and let's be honest, man, there's a lot in this, right? Oh, I mean, this is, this is not stuff that's going to be fixed in the next 24 to 48 hours. This is stuff that we encourage you to go away and have a think about. And just to refresh guys' memories, we talked about the backstory, what has led us to where we are right now and how does that influence our, our life in the future. Mm. We talked about our identity. What is our identity based on? Is it something that's fleeting? Is it something that's, that's not rock solid? and so we need to change. We talked about idols, and we spent a bit of time talking about pornography, and that's a key, key issue in our world today. It's a, one of the fastest-growing industries in the mm. world. It's huge. Mm. And so we talked about that. And idol is anything, as Tim rightly said, and it takes the place of what's important in our lives. Mm. We're now going to talk about calling. Before we do that, Des, can I just say, and I do want to stipulate this because we went pretty hard with the pornography thing and and some guys might feel a little convicted around that. We're not trying to convict you here. Um, what we are trying to do is just bring awareness to some of this stuff. And and the truth is that particularly with that, right, um, uh, we all struggle in that area. And, and this is not to beat anybody over the head here. This is all to go, hey, um, we at Momentum, the, the, the tagline is helping men succeed in life. We, we want to do this. We want to help you be the best version of yourself possible. Uh, but but the the way that that's going to happen is to lovingly challenge you to, to step up and step out and go, hey, you know what? Maybe you've had this in your life for too long. Maybe it's time to actually get rid of that in 2023. Yeah. But maybe the backstory is still being alive for you for too long and it's time to put it to rest and forgive that person or forgive your mom or your dad or whatever it may be. Like 
we're just encouraging you as we step into 2023, we want you to be the best version of yourself possible. And that's only going to happen when you get honest with yourself. And that's really where we're coming from today. Yeah, absolutely. It's really good. So now we're going to talk about our calling. Yeah. And very simply, what does it mean? It means why you're here. What is your purpose in life? Yeah. Um, you know, there's coming back to the Bible for a moment, Ephesians 4, one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, and if you around me for long enough, you'll hear me say this quite often. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Now, mm. it's interesting then to think that we have received a calling, right? It's it's um, it's not something that I've, I've got to um, muster up myself, but it's something that I can uncover that's already being given to me. Well, how would you define calling? Well, I think it's it's something that you were just meant to do. And how would you find out what that is? Well, that's the thing, isn't it, right? So <laughs> a lot of it would be, what do I like doing? What do I enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. What am I naturally gifted at? Yes. What sets my heart alight? Generally, I think a, a calling as opposed to a career and I'm not knocking a career, hear me, but a calling generally is not me focused. Yes. I think a calling is generally in servitude to others in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And also, um, God's not schizophrenic. God's not going to give you talents and gifts and skills uh, in a certain area and then have your calling as at the other end of the spectrum of what your talents are. So, in other words, this is why we've never seen you on Australian Idol Days. Is that That's what you're exactly, exactly right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or marriage at first sight. <laughs> right. Look, I, in all, in all, yeah, it's a good question, Des. I mean, how, how do we find this? Look, I think, you, again, it's sitting down and going, what am I naturally gifted at? What do I naturally do that is easy for me that some people don't necessarily find easy? Yes. You know, I've had many people say to me over the years, oh, you know, I could never talk on the radio. And I'm like, well, that's fine, because I could never be an electrician. Yes. You know? I'd, I'd electrocute myself within the first three seconds. So, you know, I'm glad that you're doing that and I'm talking on the radio. Yeah, and li- alongside that is comfort. And comfort is the killing of our calling in many ways. So, you know, you look around the world and you see so many people, Christian people, who are very comfortable with their world. And mm. you, you say, well, I wonder what their calling is. And they probably don't know. And you probably don't know. And so we need to be so mindful about calling. Great point, Des. And can I bounce off the back of that and say, here's what I think is one of the biggest travesties in life, right? Um, When you don't know what you're called to, right, and you settle for something that is, okay, it's not bad, you know, and and we all know people and I've got people in my family who have settled for a job or a career or something that pays the bills. It's okay. They quite enjoy it. But is it what they're actually called to? Yeah. And then, of course, you see the challenge is that we get comfortable in that. Yeah. Well, this is pretty good. My life's okay. You know, it provides for my family. Now I'm married with kids. I've got a mortgage and a family to support. So the thought of actually me doing the, oh, well, maybe this isn't the thing, uh, but that's going to cause some major upheaval. So I'll just stay in this because it's comfortable. And, and we believe that that's what God wants us to do. And therefore, we will reconcile ourselves and tell ourselves that this is okay and this is what God has for me. And yet, if we're really honest, for a lot of us, I think if we're sitting in that space and we're not in the right space, there will be an internal sense of a niggle or a frustration or something that will eat at us and go, this is good, but I feel like I'm made for more. I feel like there's something else. Yeah. 
you know, and we can only ignore that, I believe, for so long before that question will continue to eat us up. It's interesting. Um, I, I'm talking about the comfort area as well, because comfort is very much aligned with faith. Right. And so, you know, you, you, we can get so comfortable that we don't need faith. 100%. Right. And so, you know, and if we don't have faith, that we don't see the need for fellowship. We don't see the need for going to church. We don't see the need for reading the Bible, for example. Hmm. And so, you know, you, you, somebody told me once in the Christian walk, you you can't stay still. Hmm. You're either going towards Christ or you're going back from Christ. Hmm. And I think it's true. And comfort is the catalyst for that in many ways. So. I'm going to use my own life as an example and say in the last 10 years that I've been on a journey, a real journey with mm-hmm. the Lord since the age of 38, um, my intensity with the Lord now doesn't change, whether it's a good season or a bad season. Right? My diligence in prayer remains the same. My uh, uh, desire to want to sit, be in his presence, pray, read his word, whether it's a good season in my life or a bad season in my life, that is consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mature place to get to in yes, our walk. We don't right. just abandon the Lord when things get really good and we mm-hmm. get comfortable and we slack off on things. And then all of a sudden the crisis hits or things don't go according to plan. And then we press in and we pray and we get, we ring everybody and go, can you pray for me? Cause this yeah. is happening. And, yeah. and then yeah. everything comes good again. And then we back off again. It, I, I don't, that's not a mature way of dealing mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. A consistency with the Lord. Yes. Uh, is pursuing him in the good and the bad seasons of your life. Absolutely key. I to- totally agree. In fact, that's a great way of putting it. Um, and we still have to, we always have to press into the Lord. Whether things are going great, you still have to press into the Lord. Like, you know, momentum is going fabulously well from a calling point of view. And, you know, mm. and so, but, you know, the Lord expects of us. You know, and so, yeah, what you said is spot on. Well, I think the I think the two things are days that when things are going great, there should be more gratitude than prayer. Yeah. Yes. And when things aren't going as great, then the prayer increases and maybe the gratitude drops off a little bit. But there's there's always yeah. a connection piece with the Lord. Yes. Um, getting back to the calling piece, a couple of things to think about here, guys. You know, as we we wrap up the calling, we get into the next one. There's a key scripture, and it says, "Without a vision, the people perish." Mm. Right. So, in other words, and and there's a Another quote that says, uh, they didn't plan to fail, they failed to, to plan. Yeah. Right. So essentially, do you know where you're going? Do, do you have an idea of what the Lord is calling you to this year? Uh, do you have a sense of what what is your marriage going to look like this year? Yeah. Right. Or are you just going to bumble your way through your marriage this year and it's just going to be the same? Um, do you have a plan for your finances? Do you have a budget? Do you have stuff in place so that I know by the end of this year, I'm going to save up 20 grand or a house deposit or play off the car or whatever. Do you have plans in place? Do you have a plan and a goal for your health? Yeah. You know, a calling isn't just what am I doing? It's about stewarding every area of our lives and going, good. do I have things intentionally in place so that I'm always moving forward? Yeah, you know, am I thinking about what I'm eating? Am I regularly exercising? You know, what, what about my ministry? Uh, you know, the things that I'm doing at church or you know, are there things that ways that I can volunteer my time in the community that are giving back and yeah. impacting other people, not just good. me and my family? It's really good. That's I mean, those are those are all so important. That's good, yeah. and and certainly not forgetting the spiritual aspect of you know praying and and being a, a mixed with the Christian community. You know, 
Yeah. Be around Christian folks, be around connect groups, be around you know, men's groups in particular, and, and, and do life well in that regard. So the final thing real quickly that we we uh, want to talk about, the five keys to starting the year well. We've looked at the backstory, identity, idols, and we just talked about calling. The final one is legacy. Now, we don't often talk about legacy, maybe because it involves the thought of us dying. <laughs> and, and that's more appropriate for me than it is for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, there's none of us knows when that's going to no, happen, that's right? True. That's the that's truth. very true. Right? So I actually find it helpful to think about because then we can kind of reverse engineer our lives. Yeah. So if we actually go, I am. You know, this is not infinite. I am on a finite time. At some stage, I am not going to be here. And we don't think about that as a morbid point, but it's the truth. My days are numbered, Mm. right? And if I get to the point where I'm like, if I don't think about that, I'm just going to bumble my way through life and not think about the impact of that. And so some things to think about with that. What, What am I doing? Particularly for, I mean, Des and I are in the second half of life now, right? So you get past the 40, sort of 50 age this, this becomes more prevalent um, because you're like, right now I realize when I was in my twenties, I thought I had oodles of time and yeah. to some degree I did. But when I get past the second part of life, you know, um, what am I doing with the time I've got left? Yeah. What legacy am I leaving? What, what, you know, if I think about my funeral, A, who would come and B, what are they going to say about me? Will anybody come? Would anybody come? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It's a really good point because, you know, I mean, having been to quite a number of funerals, and, and I, I a few years ago I went to a dear friend of mine. In fact, one of the guys who was instrumental in us doing men's ministry um, mm. was a guy called Gordon Asink, and Gordon was a beautiful Christian man. And when at his funeral, you know, friends and family said such amazing things about this guy and his integrity mm. and his his care and his thoughtfulness and his generosity and stuff and it was amazing yeah i'd be loved if somebody said that about me well this is the thing there's yeah. they can yeah that's true they can but the bigger question right when people get me when people come across me either those that know me or, or don't know me what do they get yeah right if they only get one encounter with me what is the, what are they going to say about me? Yeah. Now, hear me. This is not necessarily when we get to the end of life. Well, should I be that in, um, concerned with what people say? I mean, as as Christians, we want to be first and foremost. What's the Lord say about who I am, and what does He say about what I've yeah. done with my life? That's yeah. the first thing as Christians, absolutely. But the second thing is we're called to love people, right? So when we get to the end of our lives and we've got people at our funeral, like you said, Des, with Gordon good reports. What are they going yeah. to say about me? Yeah. Was I nice? Was I kind? Was I generous? Was I patient? Or was I grumpy, irritable, didn't want to know, wasn't interested, selfish, you know, yeah. selfish, all yeah. about myself and my own things. Now, who who am I? Yeah. When I rock up to life and, and when I rock up to life on a day-to-day basis in 2023, when I rock up to my job or my gym or my church or the shops at Woolies and Coles, who do people get? Yeah. What do they get when they get me? Mm. Do they get a good me or do they get a bad me? Now that's, you know, that's going to change depending on the day and the moment and the circumstances, sure. But overall, what's the consistent character that I'm giving yeah. people in my life? Exactly. And I think that's something that we we can really think about. That that thought in itself inspires me, Des, every single day to think about my interactions with people. And and all men, we, we all, everybody should be thinking that way. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. What, is, what impact do we have? You may only meet somebody once. Yeah. 
what impression do you leave? We're going to leave you with that impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so some stuff to think about this this year. Uh, the five keys to starting the year well. Uh, again, we've quickly talked about the backstory, identity last week, idols calling a legacy this week. Encourage you to go back and have a re-listen to these shows. Grab a pen and paper as well. And as we said in the first show, Des, take some time. Really think about this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, set yourself up this year really well in the first few weeks. And I know we're a couple of weeks in right now, but set yourselves up for the rest of the year to, to really delve into this stuff and go, you know what? If I want a different um, year this year, it's probably going to start with a different me. Yes. And that's going to require an honest conversation with myself, but also with those around us. No, that's really good. And, and yeah, with some very quick thoughts before we finish. Um, so if we examine ourselves, you know, what does our prayer life look like? Mm. Is God our first choice or our last resort? You know, am I looking after myself? And and Tim, you put that beautifully in terms of all the aspects of our life. Some I str- I struggle with, you know, in terms of eating and exercise. But it, we'll we'll leave, park that for now. Um, mm. But you know, there's so many of those and stewarding. You know, how do we have a family budget? Do we stick to it? Work life balance is key. All those mm. things. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's about putting some thought into our life days. And to yeah. be honest, a lot of us are so busy or think that we're so busy that we don't actually think about the important things. And yeah. the important things are, if I don't if I don't think about what I'm doing, I will just go with what feels best or yeah. what my habits may have taught me over the last 30 years, but that might not necessarily be the best thing for me now. Yeah. So if I don't intentionally think about how I'm stewarding every area of my life, um, I will find myself potentially somewhere that I never thought I'd want to be. Yeah. And that's why at the beginning of the year, I think it's really key to, to be intentional and go set myself up and go, right, I've got some focus this year so that I'm moving forward in a healthy way in every area of my life. Amen. It's great. Excellent. We're going to wrap up the show. Hey, thanks for listening. There's a lot in this. Again, a lot a lot of deep stuff. We'll take a, a sigh and just <laughs> uh, breathe. But uh, MomentumAustralia.org, have a listen to uh, last week's show and then uh, replay this one as well and encourage you to do that. And as we do finish up the show again, our, our theme here at Momentum is do not do life on your own. Okay? You don't need to do life in isolation as men. It's not healthy. It's not good. Get connected. And if you need to have a conversation with someone that's confidential, you don't feel like you've got someone in your world that you can do that, 1-800-000-MEN. That's 1-800-000-636. That is the Momentum Care Line number. We look forward to you coming next week. We'll have another exciting episode of Momentum that we'll bring to you next week. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.